Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. Some of you are wondering, hey, Pastor Dave, are you trying to start a new fashion uh, statement uh, with your clothing? Uh, I am not. Uh, last Tuesday, uh, I was going to get a ladder from my uh, in the backyard, and uh, uh, there's a little bridge. Uh, going from our deck and over. And it's not, it's just a little thing, but there's a little spit of a slope on it. And uh, on Tuesday morning, we had frost. And so I saw, I saw the frost on the grass, but it didn't really clue in. Uh, as I went over that bridge, as I got close to the bottom, I, the, my feet just went out and I came down, as I've been saying, fast and hard and my my hand i don't know went as i landed like this on my back and then over to the side uh yeah i have to go back in on on wednesday this wednesday coming up to see there might be some chips off of some of the bones don't know uh, i'm believing that there's going to be a healing uh between now and wednesday and uh, so thanks for those of you that have been praying and, and keeping me in prayer. You say, Pastor, how, how is that possible, you know, that this can happen? You know what? <clears throat> Paul, he writes in Second Corinthians, uh, just at the end of chapter 11, he writes a list of things. Like, we're talking a lot worse than falling and and uh, hurting your hand or your, your wrist. Uh, he lists all of these things as the chapter ends off. And sometimes there's this thing of, Lord, why? And sometimes we have to be flexible. And the beautiful thing is, as, uh, as I woke up the next day, I mentioned this on Wednesday night, but there was uh, a... a there's a lady that, uh, that sends me a, a verse every day and asks me to pray with her. And uh, so she had sent me this verse, Psalm 90, verse 17. She had no clue that anything had happened to me. And, she, and it says, And let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. It's repeated again. And I thought, thank you, Lord. I needed that encouragement because I'm, as I'm thinking, God, why did you allow this to happen? And here the verse came. The Lord is saying, you know what? I'm going to establish the work of your hands, even if one hand is broken. This past week, because I've had to change uh, things around a bit, uh, it, it, I had to make some calls. And there were calls that I, I would not have made if I didn't have this uh, situation. And with the calls, there was, there was encouragement that was given to those that I was talking to. Uh, there was encouragement given back. I just thank the Lord that he works to establish the work 
of our hands, whether they're functional or whether they're limited, the work that the Lord can do, even in our limitations. The very next chapter, and it's tied together, Paul, he writes and he says, three times I asked the Lord to remove this thorn from my side. And he says, and the Lord answered and said, hey, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. I spoke on that on, on Wednesday night because it was just appropriate. And it's tied in with what the Lord was putting on my heart, even in this situation. If you didn't have a chance to catch the service on Wednesday night, listen to, to Paul's response in the hard times, that that would be our response as well. Uh, praise God. Today, um, I want to continue from last week. Last week, we, uh, we were focusing in on John the Baptist being the forerunner and the one that was preparing the way for Jesus Christ. And last week was, what is my purpose right now? What can I do right now? In Matthew 24, as Jesus speaks of the last days, this morning I, I just heard something uh, tying in with the last days. It says, there, there will be, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Apparently in Israel, they are making preparation and this, this person that was given the information is in Israel, is seeing these things firsthand. Hand. He's a military man. He's a believer. He loves the Lord. He, well, he used to be a military man. I think everybody in Israel, they have to give, uh, I think, two years of service uh, as an 18-year-old, so coming out of high school, or I don't exactly know the situation or the setup, but they're preparing. They're preparing for some major confrontation with Iran, who is also preparing to say, we're, we're going to snuff out that little nation. I'll tell you, God is in control. And with all the negative things that the Lord says about the last times, it talks about many different things. But in verse 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. That there would be a witness that goes out. And I'll tell you, and I've been saying this for months and months and months, do not be distracted by the things that we're going through. Each one of us has an important part and role. Just like John the Baptist, you say, well, he doesn't seem to be so significant. The Lord Jesus had a, another view of John the Baptist as being the, one of the greatest prophets. And the work that John did to prepare the way of the Lord, that we would be those that would prepare the way of the Lord in people's lives individually. Our purpose now is to be that witness in these last days. You have people that you're connected to that I am not connected with. And at times, people are thrust into your path. For goodness sake, don't just walk around them, but take the time and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to, to speak into their lives.
because there is not much time left. Who knows how much time we have left before the Lord comes back. And the Lord desires to do a work through us to bring life to others. And so I want to tie in with that today. This work that needs to be done. And, and the, the message of the title is Accomplishing Much Together as One. Accomplishing Much Together as One. I cannot believe how much has been accomplished in the last year and a half by us together. There has been so much that has been done to touch other people's lives. I say thank you, Lord, for the church. We were not shut down. Even though we were limited in numbers, we worked around it. During the first lockdown, we were open every day. Yes, we were limited to five Another point, I think it was the second lockdown, it was 10. But we were open every day and we continued to do the work that the Lord had or would have done through us. And that we would do that work, there would be a work accomplished together. If you have your Bibles, I would like to, to read from John chapter 17, from verse 20. John 17, verse 20. And just... Uh, this is the last uh, seven chapters or so of the book or the gospel of John, the disciple of Jesus, the, the beloved of Jesus, gives the last 12 hours of Jesus' life. Seven chapters, 12 hours. And chapter 70, from chapter... 13 already, there's a work being done. Jesus is washing his disciples' feet. And the last supper, or the last supper would be had. In verse 17 then, he begins to pray for the 12. And he prays for those that had come to know the Lord Jesus Christ at that time. And as he ends off chapter 17, this, this prayer, he, he prays for you and for me. I want you to listen. So from verse 20, it says, I do not pray for these alone, those that are with him, the 12 and the others, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, minus, of course, Actually, 11. Matthias would be added afterwards. But it says in verse 21, that they all may be one. That they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. Why should we be one? Why should we be one in the Lord? So that the world will know that the Father sent the Son. But there could be an, a realization of this. There is something about working together to be together in unity. But it is much more than just working together in unity. It is working together within the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Within 
that headship of the God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that we are one with them in purpose and in function. And, and there's a, a, a spiritually, even as we receive Jesus Christ, it says, as many as received to him, he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe in his name, to become children of God. The Lord Jesus resides within us. His spirit resides within us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but that we would be one with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I and them, and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one. I'll touch on that at the end. That they may be made perfect in one, in who we are together. And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Again, it's not just for, for us, but that the world, those that don't know the Lord Jesus, would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ even through us. It's the heart of God. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. How many of you are glad of what is coming when it, with regards to eternity? It's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the hope that we have. We have a future. We have an eternity ahead of us that is so exciting that we may be with the Lord Jesus where he is, that they may behold my glory which you have given me for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. There was salvation that had come to the disciples, and the Lord is saying also to us, 2,000 years later, that we know the Lord. These have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it that the love with which you love me may be in them, and I in them. This prayer is for us even today, 2,000 years later, that there would be, we would be one. I recognize so many different backgrounds and, and not just ethnicities, but where you came from, the situations you've been, each one of you unique in your background and, and situation, being part of the world and coming out of the world, whether it was at a young age or whether it was older. And there's a uniqueness about you. But the Lord is saying that we would be one with him. We would be one together. In Genesis 11, we have something described. This was after the flood. And as the population of the earth began to expand again, there was a coming together. And it is happening today. It is happening today that there is a coming together and technology has allowed for it. It is nothing I remember back in the 70s and 80s. Like we, you would pay. Julie and I, we would talk for an hour 
on the phone. This is back in, in the 80s. I, this is before we were married. And I can remember an hour conversation back then. Like we're talking 12 13 $14 just to talk for one hour on the phone. Now we can, we can talk across Canada and it doesn't cost anything. Oh, well, yeah, okay, you got a monthly plan, but you can text, you can FaceTime, you can talk to others around the globe on the other side of the planet, FaceTime, not costing you really anything except your plan, or if you can get into Wi-Fi or whatever. It's amazing what technology has allowed for in the last days. And with it, of course, the beautiful thing is that the gospel can go out. The gospel can go out. I say, praise God. But there is this coming together. Being one, you can be one. You can do things together apart from God. And this is a situation that I see today, and it happened a good 5,000 years ago, or just between four to 5,000 years ago, it says, now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Starting to happen now. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, which would be Iraq area, the Middle East. Uh, where Babylon was, this was before Babylon was even in a, a nation. So Iraq and Iran, that area. And they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them together. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city. We can do this. And a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. We're seeing the same thing now. One language coming together. I have not heard mentioned by any politician of note or position. Any call on the name of the Lord. In the last year and a half, we can do this on our own. We can get through this on our own. We can accomplish. We don't need God. They're not saying that, but they're sure, sure their actions speak it. There is no mention of God. There is no, our prime minister hasn't said, hey, you know what, folks? Let's take and have a national day of prayer that God will spare our nation, that God would spare our people, that God would spare our economy, that God would do a work in these last days. There's been nothing because we can do it on our own. To come together, to be one apart from God is not a good thing. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. This is verse 5. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin, begin to do. To do things apart from God. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. 
It's amazing what's been accomplished in the last hundred years. The technology, my goodness, we've gone from horse and buggy to, to putting men walking on the moon. And what has been accomplished now, just in the last 50 years, just amazing what has been accomplished as people come together and say, well, let's figure this out, let's figure that out. We can do this, and we can do that. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, or Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of, the, of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. You say, why would God do that? Already, there's a, a moving of civilization to say we can live life without God. We can exist without God. You know what? It is appointed unto, God, uh, unto man to die and then the judgment. There is a day coming when we will die and then the judgment. We will stand before God Almighty because life does not end when we die. There is an eternity ahead of us. And God's heart and desire is that we would be with Him for all eternity. Listen, I spent some time talking to somebody just yesterday. This individual was saying, you know, I struggle to go to church. I cannot believe how far churches have gone from just even preaching the Word of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified is watered down to God is the God of love. God loves everybody. He does. But this morning as we sang, thanks for picking those songs this morning, especially the last one. He is holy. You are holy. You are a holy God. The only thing that can bring us to a place of righteousness and holiness is Jesus Christ and His finished work on the cross. His blood shed for us. There is no other way to the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. You know that you have come to Jesus and you have allowed for there to be a work done as you confessed, I am a sinner. But Jesus, you took all my sins upon yourself 2,000 years ago and you died for me and you were buried and you rose again on the third day. And I believe it. I believe that, that you are God. And I believe that you love me and I want you to be a part of my life. And even as you believe that, even as you confess that and you grab the hold of it, you became a child of God. You were born of God and became a new creation. Listen, there is no other way to get to the Father except through the Son and through faith in who He is and what He did for us. And there needs to be a work done 
And so this individual I was talking to yesterday was just saying, you know what? I don't go to church. The churches, I said, hey, come to our church. I don't know if you're here this, this morning or not. But I want to say this. We have a message. We cannot, we need to talk about sin because it's sin that separates us from God. We need to talk about sin. But we don't stop there. We let people know, you know what? Yes, repent. Repent. I'm heading for destruction, and I turn. I repent. That's repentance. And I head in a new direction. I start to move forward as I place my faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I begin to move forward then with him. Repent and believe in the gospel. You know what? We can do church without God. This individual is saying, it, the churches are doing church without God. Pray, I pray that it would never be here. That it would never be here. We do church with the Lord. Under the authority of Jesus Christ. The church that was mentioned in Revelations chapter 3, Laodicean church, they thought they had it all together. The Lord's assessment, he says to the angel or the pastor, the messenger of the church of the Laodiceans, they had their own church. It just hit me a few years back. All the other churches are mentioned. The church that the church of Ephesus, or the church in Ephesus, the church in Sardis, the church in Pergamos, the church in Philadelphia. But this one, it says, the church of the Laodiceans. They were doing church, and we use the passage, Revelations 3.20, where it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door... I will come in to him and sup with him, have fellowship with him as they let. This verse has to do with the fact that the Lord is trying to get into the church because the church is doing church without the Lord. And he's saying to the Laodicean church, he's saying, you think that you're rich? You think that you're, you're covered? You think you have... You are wealthy, you have become wealthy, you have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, and because you are lukewarm, you're neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. I will spew you out of my mouth. But with every single one of the churches that needed to change, there were only two out of the seven that didn't have anything that they had to change of, but even to this church is given one of the most beautiful passages and promises. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. That you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed. That the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve that you, you may see. As many as I love I rebuke and chase and therefore be zealous and repent. Then that verse, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Now listen to the promise. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on the throne. 
As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The Lord is saying, I want to do things with you. I want you to sit with me on the throne because I want to do things. We need to do it together. Hallelujah. The foundation of what we do, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. The Lord wants us to work together with him. You are God's field. You are God's building. This illustration of us as we begin to work. Listen, you want to have things planted into your life? New things of growth? Do you want <clears throat> that you have, that God would begin to make you a building, a refuge for others that you may be able to impact others, other people's lives? Well, then begin to do things with God. Begin to be a fellow worker that we together as a church, as individuals within the body of Christ, would begin to work together like we have been for the last year and a half and much more. That we would accomplish what God would have us do in these last days and we will, you will become God's field. He will plant things into you. There will be fruit in your life and you will be people of shelter and of influence and of impact on those that are without any shelter. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. As Paul says, just the chapter before and at the beginning, Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was determined you would know nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the foundation. And there's a building that can take place on that foundation. Listen. If you don't have Jesus in your life and you're religious, that's the Laodicean church. Jesus is on the outside wanting to come in. Religion is a nasty thing. Nasty. They're going through rituals and, and, and motions of conduct. And you think it's, you got it all together. Well, I just belong to this denomination. I belong to the lighthouse. So I've got it together. This place cannot save you. Mind you, it is good. This place is a good place to be. As there is a, that, that there would be a lifting up of Jesus in this place. And that there would be his word preached. That your faith would be in nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. We need to accomplish a, with the Lord. Not apart from him. Together with him. To accomplish what he would have us accomplish in these last days. This foundation of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Can I just tell you quickly, I could spend weeks on this. In 2 Peter 1 verse 5, to your faith, to your faith, your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. That for this very reason, giving all diligence, to be diligent about it, add to your faith Virtue. You might say, what is virtue? In a nutshell, it is moral or excellence in, in not just the moral aspect of things, but excellence of thought, of speech, and of action, of your deeds. That's what virtue is. 
some say, well, morality, just being a good person. But there's an excellence of your thoughts, of your speech, and of your action. So you add to your faith these things, add to your virtue knowledge. So it's all built on this foundation of Jesus Christ, my faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I'm adding these things. I'm building on it to virtue knowledge, knowledge of who God is and his will to, to get to know him. Can you imagine being married to somebody and you spend no time with them? You will not get to know them. But as you are married and you spend time together, you get to know that person. And there's a knowledge of that person, their likes and their dislikes. That we would get to know God and who he is and his will, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And add to knowledge, self-control. We're just not doing whatever we want. We'll do, we will have control even over our, our flesh. The old man, the old man daily is crucified. To self-control, perseverance, or endurance. To perseverance, godliness, or reverence, or respect of God. Godliness is of more an attitude than it is a thing of conduct. It's an attitude. Godliness is about revering and respecting God. We esteem Him high, highly. To godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. It's interesting, as you grow, that the, it starts to expand out from yourself to, to those that are around you. And the Lord is saying, listen, I want you to touch other people's lives. Brotherly kindness and, and love. It is about impacting others or touching other people's lives. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. That's where it started. There was a cleansing by the blood of Jesus Christ. The only, things that, the only thing that takes care of our sin is not our good works. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. As we say, Lord, I'm a sinner. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to cleanse us of our sins. That there would be a righteousness about us. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make sure, uh, your call and, and election sure. The things that you are called to do. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen to what it says about doing things together with Christ. All that happened, Ephesians 2 verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with, with which he loved us, even when we we're dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together and he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God and not of works lest any man should boast and listen verse 10 for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them Hallelujah. To do things together with the Lord before time even began, God says, I know that Dave will exist and this is what I would have him do. And God knows you by name and he knows the plans, the purposes, 
His will for you is specific to you. I say, thank you, Lord. Let your will be done in my life. It is unique to you. What a, what a blessing. Hallelujah. Together with him, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. The moment you gave your life to Jesus, you came to life spiritually, and you were made for good works, for good things to be done, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them together, individually and together as the body of Christ. Absolutely. God desires for us to work together with him to bring life to others. It's, in, it's amazing. When Jesus began his ministry here on this planet, it says he went about all the cities and villages, this is Matthew 9, verse 35, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Listen, the Lord would want for us to go out and touch other people's lives, to impact other people, to prepare the way of the Lord for them. The harvest is plentiful. There are people that are desperate. They are living a life apart from God. They may be even accomplishing things. But without Jesus Christ, we are dead in trespasses and sins. Without the, the cleansing of Jesus' blood in our life, as we place our faith in Him, we will stand before God Almighty and there will be nothing that says the books will be open. The books of your life will be open. And unless Jesus has covered all the things that would separate us from God with his blood and wash us and cleanse us, we will spend eternity apart from him. And so the Lord desires, he said the multitudes, as he saw them, he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. Sheep have got to be the most foolish, defenseless animals you ever saw. Like they don't, even have, they don't even have bark, a bark that they could perhaps intimidate other people or other creatures. No bark, no bite. You push them over and they can't even get up. Like if they're on their back, they've got these tiny little legs that stick straight up and they're stuck on their back. You got to help them back up. And this is how he saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And the very first thing in chapter 10, it says, and when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power, the power of the Holy Spirit over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. And he sent them out. He sent them out and he commanded them, go. Enter the different cities ahead of me, the different towns ahead of me. Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's coming. It's here. You can be a part of it. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. We need to start to do that. That we would go out. That we would heal the sick. 
that we would cleanse the lepers, that we would raise, you might say cleanse lepers. I don't, I, do we have lepers? The lepers were those that basically there was no cure for them. There was no cure. It'd be like things there is no cure for today. Some cancers or type, different illnesses, there's no cure for. It says, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. The Lord says, there's no cost on this. Minister to others. Minister to others. It's amazing that even as they did, there was people that came to know Jesus. And there was an expanding. In Luke chapter 10, the Lord appointed 70 more. So not just 12. There was another 70 added to the 12. And he says, go out by in twos. Go out by twos. Go to every city and place where he would go and prepare the way. Because the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. In Acts 1, verse 15, we, we see that there was 120 that were, that were gathered together after Jesus rose and ascended to, to heaven. There was about 120 that were there in that place. There must have been others in other places, but they had come together. We want more. We want to be used by God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. And just before Jesus left this planet, he commanded them, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Lord has put into his own authority, or put in his own authority. I want you to know, the times that we're living in, not that we're not aware of them, but that you would recognize that God is sovereign even now. You don't have to worry about the things that we're going through. It is not for us to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in His own authority, which are the last days that we are living in right now before the Lord would return. And we concern ourselves with all the details of all the different things that are going on, and we don't do the work of the Lord, which is, I'll tell you right now, when that trumpet sounds, what we're going through now will seem like nothing to what is still to come according to the Word of God. That there would be as many as possible come to know Jesus before the trumpet sounds. When the dead in Christ will be raised up and we which remain will be caught up to be with the Lord. You don't want to have anybody left behind. That we would be there would be an expanding of the kingdom of God in the power of the Holy Spirit, together as one in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as, the, as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And as you continue on with that chapter, Peter gets up and he preaches. Just a few weeks before, he had denied Jesus three times. 
But now he is preaching in the power of the Holy Spirit. He is preaching before literal, probably thousands and thousands. Well, it was more than thousands, probably several tens of thousands that were there that had come running. What's this noise? What's this wind? What's this rushing? And what, why, why are these people? It seems like they, they must be drunk. They're speaking in other languages. What's that all about? And Peter gets up and begins to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Even to the point where he says, you crucified the Lord. And it says, and they were pricked in their hearts. And they said, what must we do to be saved? And that day, 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. And the church expanded from, as we know, definitely 120 to 3,120. There was an expanding of life coming to Jesus. You have. We have a work to do together. I want to thank all of you, especially the, the worship team that includes the tech. That's right now. There's a feed that's going out to those that are not here this morning and those that will listen beyond today to this message. It's going out. There's a whole team working together even to get this message out today. Working together as one with the Lord. We are not alone in this. The Holy Spirit wants to empower us. And Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And he says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Right to the end of the age, the Lord is with us as we will do the work of the Lord in these last days. You say, Pastor, I got a job. Do your job. takes time. You know what? You're not at your job by chance. The people that you are with is not by chance. Your neighbors are not by chance. The Lord has placed you where you are to connect with them, talk to them. You say, well, I'm, I'm an introvert. Listen, you know, you know what? I am an introvert. I am an introvert. I don't, I, I find that the calling of the Lord on my life is ironic even that he would have got me into teaching to be in front of people and then to call me to be a pastor. Because my nature, by nature, I, I, I don't need to be around people, but because of Jesus Christ and because of the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord, there's changes that take place in us, and it's like, I love people. Let the power of the Holy Spirit begin to change you. When I was 14, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you, it began within a month. And began, ministry began within a month for four years. You, you know, those. as a teenager, we went out as teenagers, contemporary Christian music band, and ministered. I say, thank you, Lord, and it has not stopped. You want to say, I want to be used by God. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your power to do the work that you would have me do in these last days, and we would do it together. It says in Ephesians 4, 
verse 15 and 16, it says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, that we become more and more like Jesus Christ, who is the head, from whom the whole body that we are part of, joined and knit together, we are together, by what every joint supplies, we need one another, according to the effecting, effective working by which every part does its share. We need each other to do the things that need to be done. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Can we stand together? That there would be a causing of growth. Not just maturity and stability, but we're talking about others coming to be a part of the body of Christ. Jesus was praying for us 2,000 years ago, and he prayed for you and I. Some of you just came to the Lord in the last month. We have a number of you that came to the Lord just recently. Do you know that Jesus prayed for you 2,000 years ago, and he's continuing to pray for people to come to Jesus now? And we have, he's saying, I want you to be a part of bringing others life, whatever way it may be. I just say, thank you, Lord. Every part does its share, and it causes growth of the body. There's new members that are added to the body. Just think of your own physical body and every part. I'm telling you, it's like I cannot believe one quick fall and how much it's impacted my life just in the less than a week. It's like, oh, my goodness. You know what? I thank God for this hand, and it's long enough to reach underneath. That feels good. I couldn't do it. The head, Jesus Christ... And we are members within the body, and we're ministering to each other. There's, it says every part doing its share, doing what it's supposed to. And it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. We would love one another. Can I have the worship team just come, if you would? I just want to tie in with this prayer at the end here. And with it... I want to extend an invitation. If there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ, you've heard of him, knowing about Jesus is not enough. Hey, Satan knows Jesus very well. And his demons know Jesus very well. They were in the presence of Jesus for a long time. They know Jesus. They know Jesus better than you and I know Jesus. But they don't. They have no submission to him. They want nothing to do with him. I'm saying to you, Jesus brings us life. He forgives us of our sins. He washes us clean, and he gives us life now and for eternity. We're not talking about religion. We're not talking about joining a church. We're talking about becoming a part of the body of Christ. And Jesus prayed as he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. The word continues, and even today the word has gone out. And you, that you would bring the word to others about Jesus Christ, and that there would be a work done through you to bring others to life in Jesus Christ, that they may be made perfect in one. That we would be, they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you that they also may be one in us.
that the world may believe that you sent me and that the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me that they may be made perfect and one. Perfect. To be made complete. That everything that needs to be finished or accomplished in your life will be accomplished and finished will be made perfect. Hallelujah. To perfect to add what is yet wanting in order to render a thing full. The things that are lacking you, the Lord is saying, but I want to perfect you. I want to add what is lacking in your life and make changes that need to take place in your life. I want to make the change. I say, thank you, Lord, for changing me. Thank you, Lord, for changing us. You're doing a work on us. Praise God. A work we cannot do on ourselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And not only to complete or may or perfect, but that we would be found perfect. That even as the father, listen, for those of you that have had children and as, as they came into this world, you look at a little baby and you look at them. You say, oh, my goodness, how can this be? I remember when our daughters were born. I looked, it hit me as I looked. Have you ever looked at a baby's nails and fingers when they're first born? Like they are so perfect. But you know what? Even as they develop and there's changes and even as they be, get into being teenagers, are they perfect anymore? <laughs> For those of teenagers, you, we love you. I know, I know you guys think you're perfect. You guys are perfect as you are as you've grabbed a hold of the Lord. In the Father's eyes, we are perfect because of Jesus Christ. There's a perfection about us. He's accepted us. We belong to him. And so if there's anybody you know about Jesus, you might even be religious. I'm not saying you're not a good person, but I'll tell you right now, one sin separates us from God. And that wages of sin is death, not physical death. We're talking a separation from God, a spiritual separation from God. And the Lord is saying, but I don't want you to be separate. I don't want you to be apart from me. I want you to be with me for eternity. I want that we would be one together. We would be together for all eternity. And God is extending his hand to you. And so this morning, I just want to say a quick prayer. And if I could have all of us say it together, there might be one person here this morning that doesn't know Jesus, that you would pray this prayer. It says, if we confess with our mouth that the, Jesus died and he rose, he was buried and he rose again the third day, we will be saved, even as we believe. We believe in our heart. So this morning we want to confess with our mouth. We want to believe in our heart and we, that we can have salvation as we place our faith in Jesus Christ. So let's pray together. Jesus, I have sinned, but you took all my sins upon yourself 2,000 years ago and you died for me. Your body was broken and your blood was shed. And even as I confess my sin, your blood cleanses me. 
I am washed clean. And your righteousness is put on me. Jesus, I receive you into my life. Save me and be my Lord. That you would be exalted. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you believe that prayer, it is by faith. The grace of God is extended to you and he desires for you to have that life eternal. Say it, Pastor, is it that simple? It's, that's just the beginning as you believe. And I pray, Lord, I pray right now that your spirit would bear witness with their spirit that they are the children of God. They are a child of God right now up across this place. Lord, even those that may have given their life to you, that they would know that your spirit right now, Holy Spirit, you would let their spirit know, yes, you belong to the Father. You have a Father in heaven that loves you. And I am within you. The Spirit of God is within those that receive Jesus Christ into your life. Lord, that we would be the temple of the Holy Spirit. There would be a work accomplished together. We would be one together with you, Lord Jesus, that the world may know that the Father sent you because you love them. Jesus, you love the sinner. You love love this world. Father, you love this world. You gave your only son. And even as we would believe on you, we will not perish but have everlasting life. We just thank you. Lord, I thank you for what has been accomplished just in the last few years. I thank you what's been accomplished in the last year. I thank you what's been accomplished in the last few months, in the last week, even the last day. Yesterday, Lord, I thank you what was accomplished. Lord, I thank you what you still are doing today and that will be done tomorrow and the next day and next week and the next months until you return, Lord Jesus a work that will bring your name glory, that you would be glorified, you would be exalted in Jesus' name. Let it be, let it be, let it be in us and through us, Lord. We would be one with you. The world will know that we are your disciples and, Lord, that you were sent of the Father. They will accept you as we sing this song. And as we leave this place, I pray to God you would be used by him that together continue, that we would continue to be together in ministry before the Lord returns. Hallelujah. When this song is finished, you're dismissed. God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Be used of the Lord, recognizing his name is upon you. You are a child of God as your faith is in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.